It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. Kevin and Lincoln with you today. And we are joined by the coach of Team Boss, who is joining us from the middle of the Rocky Mountains. Joe Boshard, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's just uh, really nice to be able to talk to you guys. Your group is going to be running a mile tomorrow live on Flow Track, 8.35 p.m. Mountain time is when the women's race kicks off. What are your expectations, Joe, for, for that race? Oh, well, we've kind of uh, built this up with the intentions to chase the Colorado State mile records. Um, on the women's side, that's held by Danny Jones, who's now um, part of our team. But she said that when she was with uh, CU, and uh, I think it's 4.36.0, something like that. And the men, uh, Joe Klecker ran 4.01 this past indoors at CU as well. Um, we just want to have uh, something to kind of shoot for, right? Um, a goal, uh, some excitement, put some pressure on the athletes. Um, they're professional athletes, and I think they – they need to have that pressure on them to kind of perform and, 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 and do something. So we were able to get this together. Um, Colorado Mesa University built a brand new facility, brand new track, only a week or two old. Uh, and they were excited to host us and allow us to do this, um, even though it's been pretty challenging to get it together. Uh, so we're excited. They're excited. I think we're in good enough shape to, to go for it. But uh, it's been a long time since we've, we've run really hard on the track. Joe, you you mentioned that it's been challenging to get it to come together. What what are, what are some of the obstacles that have been in the way of getting this event organized? Um, honestly, everyone's been you know I've been sending emails left and right to anyone I know that has had has a track has put on a meet <laughs> would maybe put on a meet that I know has thought about putting on a meet, um, <laughs> and everyone's very encouraging. They say it's a good idea. Sounds great. You know, you and your team, just six of us, you know, on the women and three or four on the men's side. Um, but then they usually pan me off to someone else or a friend or someone, or, you know, someone, you should try this person. 
so I did that for a while. Um, and finally, uh, actually Colorado Mesa got in touch with me. They heard I was looking. So that worked out really well. Um, and I think everyone, you know, kind of wants to make this happen, wants to do stuff like this, but right now it's, it's, um, I think it's just easier to say no and, and move on and come back to it in, in another month or two. Um, obviously, you know, the severity of the situation with, with COVID is, um, you know, it's serious and, and we're taking it very seriously and we have been since the beginning. However, um, you know, we think, you know, putting some people on a track is, uh, something that can be done, can be done safely. Um, and if we have the facility and the uh, organizers that want to do it, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do it. So, you know, it's not just this meet, we're still, or this event. I, mean, I don't even know if I call it, a, do you call it a meet? I don't know. I think it's just an event, right? It's just our, it's just our team racing. Um, we've been living together pretty close to each other. So, uh, you know, we want to do something like this going forward in the future. If we can find somewhere at sea level to do, to do more of this, if this is all we're going to get this year, you know, there are a few meets um, that are shaping up in August um that are on the schedule but if we want to get a full season you know we need to find more opportunities um like this with our team and we have the team to do it right we have six seven women who are very very good um and we have enough guys that we can add a couple and, and fill out a field so we don't mind having a small field we don't mind having limited spectators family that kind of thing um but we do want to we still i still think it's important for our runners development and their careers and quite honestly, keeping their jobs to get out there and be um, seen and and to try to do something that's um, uh, worthwhile. We know that droves of legendary runners on the men's and women's side have come through not only just the university or, you know, CU Boulder, but just have trained in Colorado. Um, and, and the elevation is, of course, the, the major factor throughout the state, but it is still kind of crazy to me that the, the men's mile record, it, in quotes, is only 401. How significant would it be to break not only the men's record, but both of these records, noting how tough it is to run fast and throughout the state of Colorado? Mm -hmm. um, well, it, it, should, it should be sub four. I mean, it, there's no reason to not be. It's not that high of elevation. It's You can get to lower, lower spots, Grand Junction's just over 4,500 feet. Um, and there's been rumors and myths of former CU athletes breaking it in practice and these, these sorts of things, but <laughs> practice, practice doesn't go on your profile. So, um, <laughs> we, uh, I think for our, the men on our team specifically, um, Nick Harris was born and raised in Colorado and Boulder. His dad went to CU, ran for CU, Cruz Culpepper, two CU parents, high schooler. Um, you know, especially for those two. I think they really would like to do it, right? Um, I think that might mean a bit more to them than than anyone else. Uh, kind of living, living and growing up in Colorado, seeing a lot of attempts but coming up short. You know, one of the reasons it hasn't been broken is just we don't have the meets in the summer. We don't put on elite meets. Um, there's never a good opportunity to do it uh, at, at a meet in late summer when people are fit and ready to go. Um, Obviously, some CU athletes have gotten close the last couple of years, and their facility is tremendous. Um, their indoor facility, a beautiful 300-meter um, track, um, but that's usually their first their first meet of the year coming off of cross. 
And generally you're not, you know, the pacing's iffy and you get someone to halfway and you're on your own to go the rest of the way. So we feel that in a race environment, you know, with pacing, but if you get three guys, four guys there with around three minutes, with, you know, the bell goes, we think that's going to give you your best shot. So that's the idea. We hope to have three, four guys at the, at the bell. Um, someone's going to come up with a 59, 58, you know, we think, and, uh, and it'd be pretty cool. But if not, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I think honestly, the fittest guy, the, the sharpest guy is probably the high schooler. So he just ran 148 uh, two weekends ago. Um, the other guys are coming off of some tremendous training, but it's been 20 weeks of just grinding it out. So we'll see where they are. Um, they're going to they're gonna run hard. And I told them, I'm not sure that they'll get a better chance in this in their life. So <laughs> this is as good as it's going to get for them. We've set it all up, uh, ready to go. So uh, they've got to get the job done. What's the target for the Pacers in both the men's and the women's races? Um, I've always felt that when you're racing at altitude, it's um, important to leave a little in the tank at the end. I think you'd rather go out a touch too slow than a touch too fast. Anytime you go over the line, it's kind of over. Um, you'd love to see kind of a negative split basically from the gun. 61, 60, 60, 59 type of thing, you know? Um mm -hmm. I think the, when you ease into it at altitude is, is the way to go. If you're, if you're stretched after the first lap, you're, you're just not going to get it back. It's not going to feel good. It's just going to get worse. Um, 4,500 feet is not so high. You know, you don't have to worry about it mm -hmm. as much as if when we're training at 7,700 feet or racing. Um, but we'd like, we'd like to give them, you know, I'd rather see 301, 302, you know, at the bell kicking 58 than, mm -hmm. um, than out in 58 or 57. So that would be, that's kind of the most important thing. I think that first 200, that first 300 is the most important part of this race for them. And on the women's side, um, but, you know, that record I think is, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's soft at all. Um, but I think we have more women who are further under it um, than on the guy side. So I think the women, we just, we shoot for 430 um, and just kind of go straight 67s on that one. 68. You, you Although up, we're relying on a marathoner to do that for us, so we'll see. How that goes. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna she, she's gonna run 70s forever until the lights come on. I um, mean, I was not gonna. So Laura Thuy's pacing the women, right? So she, I wasn't gonna have her do it. I I was like, you can come watch. I guess I don't know what you know. It's, I don't know. It, it, I don't think it's you know something you'd want to do, but she convinced me last week to run an 800, and our whole team was running an eight. And she ran like 2:15, and she was fired up. And I was like, "All right, you can pace. You got it." So she was she was dialed in. She had her race kit on. She was ready to go to prove that she could pace this thing. So our future is on her shoulders. And but um, well, you know what? She's such a gamer. She's probably the toughest woman on our team. So I think she'll get it done. You you mentioned Cruz earlier. Obviously, aside from from genetics with his parent parents, what makes him so special? What makes him different? Um, well, what makes him different, different is two Olympian parents. Um, that is true. I mean, you can't <laughs> question deny that. I, I think he's some, uh, he got both of his, his mom and his dad in a perfect blend, but Cruz is an incredibly determined, fiery athlete. Um, he really wants to be good. He, he follows the sport very closely, um, probably too closely for my liking. I mean, he, he knows exactly, you know, he kind of has what he wants to do, you know, what, what stuff feels good for him. He, he knows his body. Um, he's really smart about when he needs, when he feels like he needs to back off. Um, and as an 18 year old or 
really 17 year old he just turned 18 um that's pretty unique i think most of the time you know you'd find someone of that age that just wants to go 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 and um no thought of what they're doing and and but i i assume that's something that a lot of high schoolers now with the internet you know so much information and they're constantly connected and, and talking and um he knows what all these guys are up to um but he, he's really you know i think he's someone that races better than he trains which is always I like that in an athlete. I, I'd rather them race better than they train. Um, but when he gets on the line, he's he's really fiery. He really wants to um, accomplish some cool things as a runner, and he takes his running very seriously. And I give him a lot of credit when going through this. You know, I think it would have been easy just to cash it in and, and have a nice summer and, and be a high schooler and get ready for to go to the University of Washington. Um, but he he wanted to get this done, and he wanted to accomplish a few things and he's put off a lot of his you know high school in between high school and, and college summer to to continue to train and to continue to continue to focus and it's been really um you know really really cool to see from him and and he's I don't know, like I said he ran 148 two weeks ago and off of you know a long not racing for quite a while and looked great doing it he came back and paced the mile an hour later in 230 231 in the K and He's he's just a tremendous tremendous athlete. I mean, I I think he's the best recruit in the country. I'm biased, but I I think uh, I think uh, um, Andy uh, Andy got the best recruit in the country out of him. Aside from the records and trying to break four minutes and and you know get these these fast marks this weekend, we know that of course this is a big portion of this is raising money for the Sachs Foundation, a uh, mm-hmm. a, a nonprofit that that goes to black students looking to to go to college. Um, I read in David mm-hmm. Monty's article like kind of how it came to be that you, you were having conversations. Of course, we all know what happened with George Floyd and what happened kind of with the reckoning of black Americans being mistreated in this country. But I'm curious what the conversations were like with you and your team, with you and Aisha, about how you, you settled on the Sachs Foundation uh, as the the kind of the nonprofit at the center of this whole event. Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, right now you have to look at, we have to be aware, right, of the civil rights movement, coronavirus, you know, all these things. Um, and and so when we're trying to put on an event like this there's uh, it would be callous of us i believe as a team to ignore it to just go about our day go about our business without um making a mention of anything right that would be it would look it would be weird that wouldn't make that wouldn't sit right um when we after george george floyd's death um when you know civil unrest protests throughout the country I I I do always address the team when there are things that I believe are important when there are um either social issues or even just within track and field right you know you'd have whether it was you know when Mary Kane um kind of came out with it, with um her experience as an athlete or you know females in sport with um you know abuse and power from coaches those are things we address as a team, whether it comes out publicly or not. Um, like this is, uh, it's. We've always felt that as a team, that we need to be the the, the people doing better. Um, 
And that's an important part of our team. So when we decided when this race was, the event was going to happen, this race was going to happen. Um, what can we do? I'm, I told the team, right. I'm, I'm not a social media guy. I don't, I don't post much. I, you know, I don't share my opinions publicly generally. Um, what can we do? And I'm more of a, you know, actions speak louder than words is kind of what I told them. Right. And that's always been the case. They know that for me, uh, actions speak louder than words. So what we always have felt our team has done is provided opportunities provided. We have a lot of, not, I wouldn't say second chance athletes, but we have athletes looking kind of for the, my first thing didn't work. Here's my second thing, mm -hmm. you know, all right, we'll, we'll try it here. Right. Um, and that's, that's our whole team. I mean, it's usually, it's most of them second, third kind of, groups, teams, whatever, um, for various reasons. Everyone's got their different reasons, but it's to provide an opportunity in a different environment, right? We're not a branded group, not going to be um, for that reason. It makes it a little harder, I think, on us to make all this work, but we figure it out. So we, our MO is to provide opportunities. We want to create opportunities, whether it's through our racing or through something we can do with our platform. So the best thing we thought is, you know, the state of Colorado, we're, we're hyper local. I think running, when you want to make a difference in running, it's just being hyper local, staying within your state can do so much. Um, so Colorado has been, you know, it's a tremendous place to live. Um, we love it. We think it's um, you know, one of the best states in the country, that kind of thing. And, and, and Colorado supported us. The state supported us. CU has supported us, taxpayer dollars, things like that. So um, we, Want, we looked into it and, and Aisha spearheaded it. Um, you know, I told her, you know, find some options. Let's look for something. And, but these are the kind of criteria way we want to create opportunities. So she found this access foundation. She had a wonderful conversation with the um, people in charge there. They're, they've been doing this since 1930. Their first recipient was a middle distance runner out of Colorado Springs who, um, I think the story's on, on our pledge page, but he was a middle distance runner. Uh, he was trying to qualify for the Olympics. He was um, the trials or whatever the qualifying procedure was then was in Boston. He, um, the official group wouldn't pay for his um, transportation to Boston on the train because he was black. So he, found, he hitchhiked his way there. He got his way to Boston. At the time, it took him like forever, 17 days or something. He didn't make the team, but he was a tremendous athlete. And their first scholarship they ever gave was to this, to this middle distance runner. Um, and since then, they've done thousands of scholarships uh, and things like that. So anytime, you know, when we're talking about education or someone wants to go to college or, you know, and can't do it, that's, you're always, for me, that's always going to be, you know, I'm going to head there to, be, to, to start with. And I think our team agrees to the power of, um, you know, college education or secondary education. If you want to do that, that's something you should be able to do. And so I just looked, I think we're at $19,000. So I think we're going to be over 20,000, our goal. Um, and that's something that we'll hopefully can, we'll continue to do. You know, we don't want it to be a one and done that, oh, we did our thing, wash our hands, we're done, right? <clears throat> no. Mm -hmm. um, these are things that we can do as a team with our platform. Um, and whether the, 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 the scenario changes, whether what we're, what we're pushing for, what we're speaking of about changes, um, you know, we'll see. But these are things as a team that are important to us. Um, we believe that, you know, people, eyeballs are on us. Our team is well known. I think we have some of the better known, especially women in the country. Um, and, 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 and so it's not just about running in circles. 
all the time, right? It's uh, we can we can provide if we can provide some opportunities for others. Some of the opportunities that we've been given, we've all went to school and had scholarships um, that put us on a fast track to success for sure. I mean, a college scholarship is a tremendous opportunity. So, you know, there's some there's some criteria, right? You have to be a um, for black students in Colorado, you have to be um, a resident, a 3.0 uh, GPA or higher, uh, and then you know some application and essay and things like that. So uh, we're pretty excited about it, and we feel we feel like it was a it was a good a good um, a good use of our time and 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 uh, and money. In a in a normal season, obviously the the Diamond League, the the, the circuit beckons as it's building towards a championship or an Olympics. But I'm wondering if this type of model, where athletes get together and try to go for a time in a time trial situation to to raise money, is this something that could be a trend in track and field? I know not overwhelmingly, like I said, because of the regular schedule. But is this a way maybe track and field could like start to give back in a bigger way? Yeah, I mean, I think you see it in a lot of, and not just track, I think you see it in a lot of different, um, uh, you know, events, right? There's, there's, a, there's a charity component to a lot of this stuff. Um, track, I don't, I don't think we're ahead of the curve. I honestly think we're behind it uh, on, on so much of this. Um, this. Look, if you have a team, and Bowerman's shown this, take your team, go run fast, great. Um, that's a good way to do it. If you want to, if you just want to run fast, your training partners trust each other. There's a lot less stress on who's going to win the thing. You get a pacer that just is perfect. Probably your teammate. You trust them. You just go for it, right? Um, but in terms of um, raising awareness or raising funds or or whatever you want to do, um, when the eyeballs are on your team, that's a good time to do it. Um, when you want to, you know build momentum for uh, uh, for your event. Um, that component, I think, is in, in incredibly cool. I mean, Emma and I have put on a race in Crested Butte the last few years. We didn't get to do it last year, and we're probably not going to be able to do it this year, but Elk Run 5K. Um, and we've raised a lot of money for um, a local charity foundation, uh, uh, local foundation cancer charity support um, group in Gunnison Valley in Crested Butte. And, um, I think when you can tie these things together, all of a sudden you get more momentum for your race, right? There's more than just running around in circles and running a fast time. Um, you know, it's not that we're always begging for money. We're, we're just trying to create uh, a, a really cool atmosphere, a really cool environment. Um, and, you know, I hate to say like give back, but we're, we're trying to be all encompassing in what we're doing um, to create something bigger than just, four laps around the track that can be kind of mundane at times um, or whatever, 12 and a half laps or whatever it is. Um, or, Oh, there's another, here's another 5k, you know, um, these are things. And it doesn't have to just be a charity component. It can be any, you know, these other pieces um, that can come together and, 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 and just have something that's, that's just cooler than the normal deal. Um, something people can get excited about, something people can get behind. Like, you know, with our, on our pledge page, it's, you can pledge for how many cumulative seconds you think our team will be under the the records, right? So if at, you count up every person who's under the record, add that up, what's the cumulative time? So if it was 30 seconds total, you know, and you gave a dollar, that's $30. 
So things like that, there's ways to get involved. There's ways to create more excitement behind it and also say, Hey, you know, they're just, they're just, you know, runners. I think, I mean, I'm saying this and, and just, just kind of like, I think running is a important worthwhile endeavor. Mm-hmm. How do we convince other people to feel that way too? You know, I think doing some good beyond just saying, Hey, these are just guys that run around in the mountains for fun, you know? Um, and I think we've seen that you know, already with this, obviously it's with our race, you know, might be the only sporting event in the country going on. So maybe there's been a little bit more kind of attention to it, especially in the state, you know, local news and things like that. But also they, I think the local news piece and that, and, and throughout the state was, I think they thought it was pretty cool that, Hey, there's this local foundation, state foundation, Colorado residents, you know, it all kind of fits together. So I think, mm-hmm. yes, I think it's a piece that track and field can do more of, um, a lot more of. Um, and I think other areas have done it better to this point. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we've done little things like this before, um, but this is our biggest push, um, anything like this. So, On the on the topic of the schedule and the, and the pandemic, this morning the news came out that the Prefontaine Classics is going to be canceled for – 2020 they also see that canceled this little thing here yeah <laughs> there's like a little there's like a little ticker under here i'm like oh. yeah <laughs> so so you haven't known for very long um also paris yeah. and they're bumping back one of the meets in in england overseas does that impact at all your guys's plans are you planning on going to europe if it's safe or is this a domestic only season for you guys yeah, no, it doesn't change anything. I, I mean, that was wishful thinking. I think there was some excitement when those meets got announced, but if anyone who knew kind of what was going on, it was like, don't count on it. Um, mm-hmm. there, there, We were joking yesterday, you know, that we should do this race, get on a flight to Europe, and then stay there for, for the next you know quarantine and then stay there through October because now there's reports you know that Americans won't be able to get over to Europe and, and all this stuff um, some of the new travel proposals um, from out of the EU um, this was always going to be probably a domestic season for us well I don't even know what you call it, um, it even the I think the events that are technically a go Music City Distance Carnival Memphis um august 22nd even those events that are technically a go you're to me they're a maybe always they're a maybe um so what's been i think challenging is i've told our team we're going to race and now we have to figure that out um i don't think it's i don't think it's useful are important i don't think it's um in their best interest to not have any races this whole year so what that looks like is um to be determined but we're planning on racing we're training to race uh we'll end our season at a normal time so that we can kind of stay with our normal schedule going into next year uh those that need standards will probably try to get those early on in 2021 um if that's something that we can do at that time so uh yeah it was wishful thinking to think maybe hey we could hop in the monaco 5k diamond league but to me it was never going to happen you know it's kind of like oh yeah see what see what it looks like and talk to meet directors but um you, you're just 
you're just making life probably harder on yourself trying to do that versus, mm-hmm. hey, let's stay put. Let's just try to get some things accomplished within our team best we can, do what we can do, try to go through a normal season, go through our normal training progressions. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there's races that are coincide with the training progressions and, and you can kind of check in and things like that. But if not, then, you know, everyone's in the same boat here. So it's, uh, you know, I think they always, we have to remind our athletes, like they are professionals. You know, this is, this is what you, this is what we have to do. Um, mm-hmm. You still have, to, you know, we're still training. This is your job. We're going to come up with solutions best we can. But if not, you know, we're still going to go through a, a season of training and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Nobody, no running fan has to be very old to remember your collegiate career. And I think probably people Mine? remember when your, your collegiate <laughs> career. Yeah. You don't have to be old uh, to start to remember that. I barely, and, I barely remember <laughs> it. <laughs> well, and then, and then people remember when you started coaching Emma and then fast forward to today and you have this large group, you know, by professional running Mm -hmm. standards, your group is large and it features some of the best runners in the world. What's the, can you go back and fill in? What was the origin story? Did you picture it getting to this point this early in your coaching career? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) no, I think, from the get-go, so I was working as an accountant, um, finishing up my CPA certification um, tests and all that uh, at a tax firm in Boulder in 2016. And uh, just as that season went along and as it ended, it ended a tremendous, you know, tremendous success for Emma that year, bronze medal and um, in Rio, and uh, it should be a silver, if you ask me, but. Uh, if you know going out of that after that season her kind of deciding you know i i want to i want to do things a little differently and and uh, looking for a different option and different coach and it's like oh i i've been around for a while so um you know i was under mark and heather for six years and then the following you know two years i was still training with them quite a bit and pacing and I helped Kara kind of pace through her 2016 Olympic trial marathon buildup, did quite a few workouts with her and I've helped Jenny along the way and Emma. And so I was always around and, and there. And so it felt like, Hey, I, I you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. If we hate it, we'll just do it for a year and, and move on and do something different. But shortly thereafter, Aisha, you know, she called and um, I have no idea why she moved to Boulder to train with us, but she did and <laughs> we're incredibly thankful she did that <laughs> um because i after about two or three weeks of just emma and i i knew that was not going to work so um that was uh <laughs> that was we were already bickering with each other in the middle of a rep or something like that so um putting in another body and then making it feel way more like a coach athlete than like husband wife um you know there was it was more like this is practice and that kind of thing so um, and I, I think I, I, you'd have to give it to probably more to Aisha's early success there. Um, and she was incredibly determined to do well. Um, and she, she did very well, uh, winning a Commonwealth gold and, and finishing sixth at the world indoor 
um, championships in the 1500. So obviously I'm a success, but you could chalk, anyone could chalk that up to that's just Emma being Emma, um, which is fine. And, you know, I think after <laughs> that, we've just, we've just, uh, we've just kept the doors open, I think. Um, and I think going back to us not being a branded group is probably why we have so many athletes. It's when you talk to someone, um, you know, they say, I, I can go to here or here. And it, the options are so limited. They really are, um, especially after you sign. Um, or if you want to sign, you're out, you have to go somewhere. Uh, it's kind of like they want, you know, a, a brand wants to protect their money. So they want you in an environment that they believe is going to, um, has proven results. Uh, I think that just limits their risk. So we're sitting here uh, without, you know, as a, as a sponsorless group, more or less. Um, and I think that then is, hey, you can go to the sponsor group or there's this group. So it's just, there's not another, <laughs> really. Um, <laughs> to our extent, you know, or to our level at this point. Um, obviously, having Emma and Aisha kind of being the leaders of it, you have to have people of that caliber, I think, to build then on on it. You know, you want to have who's that star kind of person to build around. If you look at some of the best groups, they've had that and Bowerman and, and, and others. And um, and so it's kind of snowballed from there. And but we've been really selective, really picky. Um, we probably say, we say no way more than we say yes, just because anytime you add one person, it does change everything. It changes the dynamics. So um, we're not actively seeking people i don't i try really hard not to recruit i just i'd sit I, I just if someone wants to join us it's got to come from them um because we don't have all the resources that a, a, a larger branded group does have um i think we have what we need but it's not everything and we're working on providing those opportunities but um you know we're missing a few things here and there um but what we do want to provide is a really positive, um, just a really positive environment. Um, I think being on the younger side has helped us quite a bit. Um, I think just being able to, you know, kind of connect with, with everybody and have, have really nice relationships with everybody and um, kind of think things maybe, you know, maybe a little different. Um, <laughs> I'm not set in my ways at all. <laughs> I'm still learning a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. Um, and so, yeah, no, I didn't plan it to be this way, but I also didn't say no to the, no to it. Um, I, if you're going to have a great athlete who's also a great person, I'd love to have that person around. Just you, you want to be around those people. Um, and that's kind of the way that we've approached it. Um, you know, anytime someone calls, we kind of talk about it a little bit with the group, every, you know, get everyone's opinion. And it's a team team effort from that perspective. Um, obviously, you know, someone's got to drive the ship. Uh, so I have to make the tough calls at the end of the day. But we're open to those that we feel are, are good athletes, but more important, really, really good people. You've mentioned a couple of times the lack of a sponsor for the team because a lot of people are representing different brands when you think of these teams that have been aligned with the brands, you know, they, the coaches get paid by the brands. How are you 
getting income from this, I guess. I, are you, you're getting paid by the athlete. Are you aligned with a specific brand? I'm just curious how that works uh, logistically yeah. for you. I know I'm I'm wearing New Balance here, but I'm I'm a free agent uh, completely. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm available. I'm available. Um, no, uh, so a lot of the athletes, uh, pro athletes, do have a little um, portion of their contract that goes to a coach or or, or whatever. There's, you know, there's a line item there. Um, so we make it work from that perspective. Um, and then, you know, we have to look at it from a family perspective as far as Emma and I, um, to make that work too. So there's, you know, she, we, her, she has some income sources that are outside of the team. You know, she's, we do kind of some fitness stuff with her, um, bands and, and things of that nature, um, that, that do pretty well. And then, uh, and then there's some opportunities for me on, on the side too to 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 make to make the money as well. I wouldn't call it lucrative at all, but it's good enough to make this work. Um, you know, get my expenses covered and things like that. And we talk about it from an individual perspective too of everyone on the team, what they want, what they expect out of me. Um, and then we go to work to you know figure it out. So everyone's situation is very different. Um, we have people that are unsponsored totally, don't make a dime, especially this year. Um, and then we have those that make really good money. So everyone's situation is a little bit different. I think everyone on the team understands that. So how I get paid or how, you know, things, expenses that get covered for me or, or whatever um, are, are from an individual um, basis. It's not just as a whole team. So we work, we look at it from that way. Um, and it's not perfect right now, but it's, honestly it's pretty good we're doing a pretty good job with it um uh, we have a gym in boulder you know we have we have every you know really good medical um pt practitioners that work with us um and uh yeah we just make it work um and you know we're not going anywhere anytime soon so we're kind of you know we added some young athletes this year so we're in this for a, a bit longer <laughs> Cool. Yeah. No, no, uh, no disrespect to the accounting profession, but you got to feel like you ended up on the good side of this, right? <laughs> I feel pretty fortunate. I'm, I'm an incredibly, incredibly lucky person. Um, I do not uh, take that for granted at all. And I, 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 I really try to work my ass off to make sure that I'm, you know, doing everything right by these athletes. Um, you know, I, the way I look at it is, you know, I, I do, I work for them. They don't work for me. So I, I work for them and I really try to put the time and effort in to do a good job for them. And like I said, I've made a lot of mistakes and, and, and haven't done the best job always, but I try not to make the same mistake twice. And, and, and we, we just, we really, we're really pushing to, to be, a, you know, top notch group. And um, we think we're really close. Um, this is our fourth year. I think that fourth year, it's, 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 starting to feel like things are starting to click a little bit for us what was the what was the thing that you struggled the most with as you adjusted um i think honestly it had nothing to do with running um the x's and o's of running training i think that stuff's pretty straightforward i think we i think we um honestly coaches probably think they're more important from that perspective than they are um what is the most challenging is just life, the life stuff. So much stuff pops up, so many relationships, um, things going on back at home, um, you know, financial stuff. 
how do you, you know, how do you help someone? How do you, you know, work with someone um, with the things that are going on outside the track? If you just want to show up and tell your, you know, tell your athletes what to do at the track and then go home, that's fine. But there's a lot more going on and you're, and it shows up on the track. Those things, you know, I don't think I realize how much they do show up uh, when someone's going through a difficult time. Maybe there's death in the family or, or um, a breakup or whatever it is. Those things show up on the track, uh, probably more so than anything. Those are the things that when I was penciling out what I need to do, I, I, I missed that step a little bit. Um, those are the hardest parts. Uh, those are the things that as a coach, if you, I think if you want to be a truly great coach, you, you know, those are the, um, the spots that you got to be good with handling and dealing with and making the right calls after that, or, you know, sending someone to the right place, uh, sending someone to, you know, someone else taking it out of your hands. I don't know. I don't know the answers. I'm only 30. I, I don't have all the experience, but, you know, talk to this person and things like that. Um, that's been the piece that I wasn't totally ready for at first. Um, but every time, you know, you go through a difficult time or whatever with an athlete, you grow and you learn and you're better for it the next time. So it's not about the training or X's and O's of that, how to put together a season. You can, that's honestly, it's, I mean, it's where I spend 90% of my time. I still love doing it. I love, I love programming training. Um, but that's not what's probably going to be the make or break of the season at the end of the day. So, um, that, yeah, that, 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 that part's been the most challenging. I'm a, I'm about to turn 30. So when my wife asked me to do something, I'm going to use that. I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm only 30. I can't help you with that. I'm only 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're, when you're in the world, when you're in track and field and you're in track and field and you go to these diamond leagues and stuff and I I'm, it's an older group. Let me tell you, I'm not sure that's a good thing, but it's an older group that's hanging around at these, at these, some of these meets. So <laughs> I don't think I'm young, but uh, yeah. it's just through your, you know, who you're surrounded by these, you know, and some of these meet directors and things like that. Uh, I'm definitely on the younger side. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Joe, thanks how so much they... for, oh, sorry. Hold, hold on one more. I, no, I gotta sorry, know. I gotta... I how often do they double check your credential at these meets? making sure you're, you're who you say you are. Uh, well, I just have a hard time getting a credential. So if I get <laughs> one, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I mean, there's so many meets I'm, I'm going in with, uh, I'll get a lanyard, but I don't have anything attached to it. You know, I'm just putting it around my neck and trying to <laughs> slide in. <laughs> um, yeah. Getting me a, uh, it's taken a little bit to get my, you know, to know that I'm someone like I'd like the credential to watch an athlete. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. if I, if I, uh, if I, if I get a credential, I'm just happy. <laughs> um, two more real quick though philosophically how did you put together who you are as a coach I know coaches pull on their own experiences and maybe from other sports what's the combination of factors that leads to the coach that, that we see today mm -hmm. um, so I yeah I, was, I ran at the University of Colorado under Mark Wetmore and Heather Burroughs and was you know pretty close with them for like I said, six, eight years in there. And, um, you know, I think I, I, I'd be wrong to not take a lot of kind of the things that they instilled in, in me and the way they coached. Um, you know, I think everyone know, knows kind of Mark has a, uh, his demeanor, uh, you know, kind of the interviews <laughs> or lack of, 
<laughs> that are out there, but then running underneath them is completely different too. So, um, you know, kind of kind of look at the way he coached and his success, and you look at someone like like Jerry Schumacher at Bowerman and his success, and I think they have similar qualities. Um, but I, I, like I alluded to earlier, I feel that I work for the athlete, um, and that was something that I was really adamant about to begin with was working for the athlete um, and them not working for me. Uh, and, and so that's kind of the, the primary principle that I, that I um, kind of put up on the, on the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. And I try to use that to drive my decisions. And, you know, there's many, many times where I'd like to speak my mind on something I disagree with, but they are the athlete, they are it's their careers, they are adults. They're professionals. Let them make decisions and, 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 and let them make their own choices, you know, sometimes when I disagree, right? Because I work for them. They don't work for me. Um, and, and so I try to, I try to remain, um, I kind of try to keep that in the back of my mind. You know, there, I mean, like I said, someone's got to drive the ship. So there are times, like when we came up here to Crested Butte, I said, guys, we got to get up here. You know, it's, as mandatory as, as it's going to get. Um, but we try to work really closely together um, on a lot of decisions like that. And sometimes an athlete might just say, like, I just want you to make the decisions, like, quit asking. And I'm like, all right, I will. <laughs> um, I'll just do that. But others like to be a little bit more collaborative. Um, always remembering that I work for them is, is kept me out of trouble at this point. Um, and I, I think if, if I remember what, you know, what we're truly trying to accomplish, Yes, they all want to run fast. Yes, they want to set records. They get upset when they don't. But I'm not going to be someone who um, pushes them so far or or kind of controls their life to a point that I feel is just detrimental to the rest of their lives um, or you know careers or anything like that. So um, it's when they figure it out on their, their own, when they kind of figure out the things they need to do, choices they need to make. Um, it's far more powerful than me dictating um, or anything from that perspective. So let them let them be people, let them be athletes, be professionals, um, and always remember that I work for them is, uh, is kind of the way I approach things. You're a very uh, unassuming guy. I wonder how comfortable are you with the fact that your group name has just taken on your name? as, as team boss, is that, is that permanent? I don't know. They chose it. Uh, they chose (laughs) it. (laughs) Um, yeah, you're, you're right. I'm not like so comfortable with it, but, um, I think, you know, but boss is kind of cool. Like it's, it's kind of a cool Mm -hmm. because they kind of have taken on that word a little bit. Um, I think it's, it's nice to have, you know, we're trying to build a culture, um, of really strong, powerful athletes. And I think boss kind of is a, a good word for it. Um, they look at that and, you know, we've done some stuff as a team to kind of put, put words to, you know, what we want to look like as a team, what we want people to kind of look at us as a team, you know, what is that vibe? What is that, you know, how do we come across? So ultimately, yeah, it's part of my name, um, and it, it makes it sound like it's my team. 
which I don't like. Um, but boss is a good, it's kind of a good um, description of who they are. And they all want to be in charge of their careers. They all, you know, they've, they've chosen this path for themselves, which right now is kind of non-traditional as a, as a professional athlete, especially as a top tier professional athlete, um, because they are in charge of their careers. They've taken, they, they take ownership and they should take ownership in what they're doing. Um, and not just kind of be a passenger along for the ride. So, so the word boss works in that scenario. And yes, I know it's going to say, oh, it's team boss hard or Joe boss team boss or whatever. Um, but a reason I don't do many of these podcasts is because it should be about them, not about me. So it's about them at the end of the day, if they, how they want to be seen, how they want to build this team, the culture that they want to instill. It's theirs. Take it, run with it. You know, it's, it's yours to, to build. Um, and I think using that, that word boss as kind of a, I'm in charge of my career, you know, I'm in charge of my actions. I'm responsible for my outcomes is, is it, it, it does kind of emulate what we're, we're, we're after it. I think it does at the end of the day. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they like it or not. That's just what we're doing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a grand marketing plan behind it. I don't have a, I don't have a, a big model that we're building towards. I don't have the, I don't have, you know, this is all, this is, this is, we're exactly on track. This is season four and we're here and we've now set our name and now we'll be launching merchandise or whatever, which we might do. There's always some ways to make a quick buck, right? It's not that hard to make a quick dollar with, with some of these Instagram profiles and stuff. But, uh, it's just if we're doing something like that it's it's just to keep the the you know the thing afloat and keep the lights on at the gym so um you know get some stuff paid for so yeah i i don't know i think it's it's probably sticking i guess at this point but um yeah they kind of they kind of created it and built it and um and and that's that's good too i think when when they feel like they're they're running for something more than themselves kind of some of these things that we're doing right you know the sacks foundation or or whatever when they put the when they're lining up together and they're team boss you know i think that is powerful i think that's what we lose sometimes after college it's so easy to run for your team in college you know and you have so much you're running for you know, you don't want to let people down. You don't want to let yourself down, your coach, your university. People are paying you for your scholarship. But then we kind of lose that a little bit sometimes as a pro. What are we running for? What are we, you know, who are we running for? What are we doing? It's just ourselves. That's hard to do. You know, they're not, they're very, you know, sweet, um, selfless athletes. You know, like just running for themselves. So maybe there's something, maybe that helps them a little bit. Run for something. Um, you know, we'll see. I think, it, I think you see it in some other teams. They put their singlet on and it's like, hey, yeah, I'm ready to roll. I, I, it's a little bit more than myself. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time, Joe. The Team Boss sure. Mile, people can watch it on Saturday night uh, live on FlowTrack. 8.35 is the women's race, PM, and then followed by the men's. Uh, good luck, safe travels to Grand Junction, and uh, stay, stay safe and healthy, Joe. We appreciate your time. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah, see ya.